Byer here, welcoming you to Season 3. If you're new to the show, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. And let's get growing! Listeners, have you heard my most recent interview with J.M. Fortier? Did you know that he started an awesome new venture called Growers and Company, where they have a magazine that's printed that comes out twice a year that highlights the amazing farmers that he's taught personally. So you're going to learn from people who are practice, putting his practices into place on their farms. If you want to be a better farmer, you definitely want to subscribe to this magazine. That's going to be like a coffee table item on your shelf. And then the other thing, part of Growers and Company is there, he's created tools that he uses on his farm that he's like studied. You know, he got to travel all around the world when he wrote his book, The Market Gardener. If you don't have that, you absolutely have to get a copy of it. But he's he's he got to go travel to all these farms and then he would look at tools that they had in the hardware stores or using in these other farms, brought them back to his farm, you know, talked to a developer, came out with some really cool tools. Like he talks about his broad fork. The handles are just wood and that helps it make it light, but it's sturdy. It's just the exact kind of broad fork that I want. Um they've got other really cool weeders and different things. And then he's got farmware that he designed that will keep you dry and keep you out there. I know with my, one of my big barriers was my garden shoes. So he's got boots and just great things that are stylish, comfortable, but most of all, they're going to keep you warm and dry when you're out in your garden doing all that hard work. So growers and company growers.co check it out get something for your favorite gardener definitely get a small scale farmers are changing the world t-shirt for your favorite farmer marker vendor do you belong to a csa i'll bet you want to get them a christmas present this year it doesn't have to be on time i know it might be late when you're hearing this but Make sure you support growers.co. Um, their stuff is super affordable. The Canadian exchange right now. Um, I just bought something for someone, um, a present for Kathy from the composters because I go to her laughter yoga with her. And I think it said it was like $25 and then, it, but it only took $20 out of my bank account. So I, I probably shouldn't be talking about the Canadian exchange, but I know his things are affordable. I research broad forks and what they cost. I, you know, it, it's a great deal. You will get so much use out of that tool. Um, so support growers and co join the amazing Patty Armbruster and I Saturday mornings, 9 a.m. Montana standard time, 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 am pacific for grow live on youtube patty armister is going to ask your questions you can submit them ahead of time and we'll be prepared with the answers uh what do you want to know we're starting out talking about selecting seeds but she's going to answer everything from how to process local meats to you know what pests are good or you know, what plants are good to bring in beneficial insects into your garden. Just, we all know Patty knows so much about everything. I'll be asking the questions. She'll be answering them. We're going to be doing this on YouTube live Saturday mornings, 8 a.m. Pacific, 9 a.m. Montana standard time, 
10 Central, 11 Eastern, Saturday mornings on YouTube, Grow Live with Patty and Jackie. Great. You know, that was, a, uh, let me just record here. So that was a really great end. I really love that image of how you're driving down the road and you're not having insects on uh, the windshield anymore. And that's super telling. So how can people find out about you? Where should they go to find out your link, your podcast, your book? Oh, uh, my website, it's actually a long one, I guess, is <laughs> organic gardener g-a-r-d-e-n-e-r podcast.com organic gardener podcast.com how often do you launch an episode i try to put one out every monday and then i try to have a bonus on thursdays if possible pretty much every monday it depends usually i'm teaching full-time so i've all to do to get one episode out last year i only came out with not even quite 50 uh, I'm right. going on year six and I have 300. You guys, I think, are going to be 382. We're just starting year six. You are? I was going to yeah. ask you that at the beginning. This is our yeah. sixth season. Yeah. Wow. We, we usually do two a month, though. So we don't even have 100 yet. Oh. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jackie. This has been so fabulous to have us have. This has been so fabulous to have you on our show. Thanks so much. Well, thank you for having me because I don't usually, I'm not usually the guest. And you caught me on video, which is like amazing. We will, yeah. we will not use the video. We will make yeah. sure that video is burned, Jackie. No one will know about the video. Yeah. And we'll just be uh, interspersing some of your tips and thoughts into one of our episodes and we'll let you know when that happens. Oh, well, thank you guys so much for sharing and thank you for letting me tell your listeners a little bit more about what they can do to help save our planet and and eat healthier themselves brilliant thank you that was great jackie thank you now you're up <laughs> okay now but, it's your turn oh. to do really what you like to do best which is interview people <laughs> okay um oh, i'm lost where do i start well let me introduce you then i guess we'll start there okay Welcome to the Green Organic Garden Podcast. It is Friday, January 15, 2021, and I have two just super fun new friends on the line. They've even got, they're so fun, they've talked me into doing video, which is like <laughs> totally rare. And, um, but we said we're just releasing audio. But uh, anyway, they have a fun podcast that I think you will all love to listen to. And they're going to talk to us a little more about cooking. So here to share with us today is Rick Fiore and Kate DeVore. Welcome to the show, Rick and Kate. Thank you. Thanks for having Thank us. You. Well, it's great to be here. Well, I'm excited to have you guys on. It's been so fun. So tell listeners a little bit about you guys and your show. Well, our podcast, our podcast is called You Won't Believe What I Ate Last Night. And it's really our endeavor, our conversation about how to be and stay healthy in a really tasty world. This is a conversation Kate and I have been in personally. We've been friends for, oh, Lord, 30 years, going on over 30 years now. And it's yeah. something we've been talking about for many years. So we decided to turn it into a podcast. It has lots of great tips, lots of great recipes, a lot of great information about how you can make changes, small changes in your life that can just make your kitchen healthier, your refrigerator healthier, and ultimately your body healthier. 
Yeah. And people tell us that it's fun to hang out with us as we chat. So uh, even if you're not fun. looking to learn, thank you. Even if you're not looking to learn anything, you might still be entertained. <laughs> if you like the topic <laughs> of food, basically, that's, that's my feeling. If it's, you it's, like to eat. <laughs> yeah. If you like food, you'll enjoy listening to us. <laughs> Maybe my mom will listen to this. It's so funny. She doesn't want to take me to Italy because she says I'm not a foodie. What? <laughs> He's throwing down, Jackie. <laughs> Wow. Well, uh, she can take me. (laughs) (laughs) I make a good fake daughter. (laughs) And I love the food in Italy very, very much. Well, maybe she will. I don't know. <laughs> and you'll certainly make her laugh more. We've never argued so much as we have this fall. It's been pretty, pretty, pretty odd. Anyway, um, well, where do you guys want to start? I usually start off my show asking about your very first gardening experience. Did you guys? I mean, I guess like we can't really talk about your very first food experience why don't you guys talk about how you met or something you can ask us about gardening we have at least yeah. grown herbs i mean oh, that, all right that'll be it but well what do you, what do you remember like what was your very first gardening experience like who were you with what'd you grow uh, my first gardening experience was with my father and it didn't go well because <laughs> he was not very patient so i actually didn't get into gardening that early i'd say I see gardening or any growing any growing anything of any type so i actually would say the last four or five years is the period where i've been the strongest and that's really relegated to herbs and i actually took a lot of cues from kate on this because i think she was far more successful prior to me about growing herbs and using them in her cooking Yeah, I didn't grow up with any sort of gardening. It wasn't something being urban dwellers. It wasn't it wasn't something we did, really. Um, My first experience was killing herbs that I tried to plant (laughs) indoors and it just not working. And everyone's like, like you have said, oh, basil's easy to grow on your windowsill. I have not found that to be true. I have been unable. Yeah, I've been unable to keep anything alive indoors. So I had the great fortune in, um, before I bought my condo, the last apartment I rented, the landlord who lived upstairs had this amazing organic garden in the backyard and he let me play. So he did all the hard stuff and let me do the fun stuff. So I got to plant whatever I wanted. I got to do the harvesting, but he did the watering and the weeding and it was a real gift. And so um, I didn't learn much about how to do it, but I reaped all the benefits and loved it very much and now i just have a deck so i'm back to herbs (laughs) so i do herbs in the summer here in chicago um and that's about it but i love it and tomatoes i gotta back up i gotta i want i want to troubleshoot your why you can't keep a basil plant get a basil plant to grow do you think you're planting your seeds at the wrong time of year because what happens to me is i want to plant my basil plant in november every year and no november is a notoriously i mean you need to have a certain amount of daylight so like the soon as you could really put the seeds in the dirt even in a window cell i think is more now i don't know if you're growing it under a grow light but like no. more like february you don't think it's the time of year that you're planting it or anything or is oh, it, it might be dirt? i don't i don't know could it be your dirt the other big secret on my show the first time i did it was from a kit like a kit from a garden store that had various it came with the dirt it came with the seeds it came with the instructions and it was like a trough you know and you planted them in the various things so that was the first one and since then i've actually haven't tried it from seed again after i killed those from seed i decided to let that go and then i started with an actual living plant that i managed to kill 
upon bringing it into my house. <laughs> great skill, great skill. It is because like Trader Joe's and like, you know, has these gorgeous basil plants in the summer, which I used to plant. I, I don't even grow anything from seed anymore. So I just do those. Uh, and I've tried those. And theoretically, you know, it's already a healthy plant. And yet it does not stay alive in my house. <laughs> but I'm not doing anything fancy with the dirt. And I'm certainly not using um, chicken poop or compost. Yeah. I would, I, yeah, I would start with some really good seed starter. I'll send you a link. I really like the, um, this brand called Espoma for seed starter. There's, there's a, definitely a difference between seed starter, I guess, and like, like the actual soil. And depending on my husband, oh. we'll say like whether he's starting, I think depending on which seeds and whatnot, he puts them in the seed starter or he puts them in the soil. Like I said, he he's more the he, usually I have a basil plant growing on my windowsill because he says, here's your basil plant, dear. And he's got the seeds in the dirt and all I have to do is pour a little water on it and it grows and he makes sure it stays healthy. I've had plenty of listeners who are like, Jackie, what do I do if I don't have a mic? Yeah, he digs the so beds and he does 90% yeah. of the work and gets it all laid out neat and puts mixes the compost and does everything and he's lucky if I water. But like I does said, in ship? six years, I have gotten <laughs> I have gotten, you know, I've come a long ways, but I think we, we need to build your confidence and work on so you can have a, a basil plant on your windowsill in Jackie, the middle of I'm winter here. to get fresh basil because there's nothing like fresh basil and i don't always have one i don't have one right now the one i'm going crazy this winter is no fresh arugula and no fresh salad greens and i'm just like why didn't i especially we're having this mild like i'll bet if i would have put my fall crop of arugula in i would be harvesting it right now it's so mild outside my house Mm. this week and just um if i had just like a little cover or something it's just killing me because buying those I'm buying the clamshell with the plastic mm. and I'm paying $8 for a thing of lettuce that lasts me four days. And you know, that mm. adds up. It I does. Jackie, I've had a lot of success. Green. I've had a lot of success with herbs with this. Well, little let's technique. hear your success, Rick. Well, my success story is this little process called home Depot. I drive up, they have plants outside and I buy them. <laughs> That's the most success I've ever had. But do you keep them alive inside? just for like the month they don't last longer i bring I, mean, I put them outside and then i bring them in and they don't last very long they usually last maybe a month or so i just can't keep so them do you either. not have access to like a farmer's market where you could get a better quality start i do yeah i do i'd have to check i don't think i've ever bought them there I and mean, i have a lot of light in my place too and i feel like wow i should really be able to keep these puppies alive but it's so hard and tr- and try to find somebody local that's not shipping them in from you know that's the thing that always surprises me about farmers markets when i go to farmers markets i just naturally assume they're organic i naturally assume it's local it doesn't have to be so you have to really talk to the farmer but i'm willing to bet between like variety quality of your soil you guys would be more successful and you'd be happier because you would have your own fresh right there. Basil. Oh my gosh. And, Having yes. a leaf and or something. two of basil every day to just put on things would, would really up my quality of life. It really oh would. Oh my gosh. Or <laughs> rosemary or arugula, like the itty bitty, itty teeny tiny baby arugula leaves. You put just a few of those on a sandwich and mm. like that whole sandwich changes 
but mm-hmm. i have i've been struggling with the arugula one for two years now i've not been able to find i grew um that arugula i was telling you that i was growing in that windowsill on the other side of the mountains i cannot find that same arugula that makes those itty bitty teeny tiny baby leaves that then grow up and then make a decent sized leaf as compared to the arugula i grew the last two years the leaves never got bigger than my pinky Hmm. and just um but long branching things and just it's not i don't know i have like a certain thing in my mind that i know i can get and i'm struggling so variety of seeds super healthy dirt you i mean i i don't think you know people are always surprised in my classroom another thing i did was um you know teachers were busy we think we're going to drink our pot of coffee or we're in our classroom at seven o'clock in the morning or 5 30 or six or whenever and we drink half the pot and the other half of the pot's still sitting there at the end of the day and i would pour coffee directly on my plants i would just take that empty coffee pot i didn't have a sink so often more often than not they got watered with coffee and and i often wonder if that helped Wow. I mean, coffee grounds eggshells and banana peels my husband is always like there's your huh. magic three mix eggshells banana peels coffee grinds if you're if you're not mixing at least those three you could chop the banana peels just directly up but i find banana peels get a little sticky but that might be something but yeah you shouldn't need more than that really i mean a basil plant really shouldn't need fertilizer because I mean, unless you're going to keep it around That's for 10 years, they don't them. last forever. I'm usually lucky if a basil plant makes it through one year and then I have to plant a new one. It's not like it's a house plant that lives on my shelf for 20 years, like the aloe or the creeping right. jerusalems that are but still you can keep it in the winter i mean that's but yeah it's nice if you get it started in time if you start it like in june or you start it in the spring but like i always find i want to start it in november <laughs> <laughs> yeah and that's the wrong time of year to start it uh what's next tell us about something to cook what'd you guys eat for dinner last night isn't that your you won't believe what i eat <laughs> yeah that's what the first thing we ask our guests is what did you eat last night we forgot to ask her rick oh my god that's right (laughs) that's usually the first thing i told you we ate potatoes that's right right. (laughs) we actually did know the answer to that it was potatoes yeah (laughs) what did you guys eat Mm. i had a uh frozen flatbread from trader joe's that was uh burrata arugula and prosciutto that I heated up in my toaster oven. That's what I ate last night. But I have been eating a lot of very tasty home-cooked stuff for the last couple of weeks. And then I just, I ran out and uh, that's what I ended up with last night. (laughs) I made a, what did I eat last night? Oh, I I made this spinach and quinoa bake and I had the remaining um, serving of that. So I made the spinach quinoa bake, which is basically spinach, chickpea, artichoke, and it's in there with a little bit of leaven, a little bit of salt, a little bit of onion, garlic. And it was really easy. And the quinoa, and you put it all in a pan in the oven and you bake it. And it was really good because it's super tasty. It's super easy. And it just lasted for a really long time. And it's one of those things that's like a really great um, 
a really great sort of healthy snack. And that's sort of one of the things that, you know, we always talk about, which is how do you stay healthy in a tasty world? So I'm always looking for dishes that really allow me to get a lot of protein, a lot of flavor, and can last a lot while because I'm not someone that particularly likes to cook every day. But I do like to cook something and have it around because if I don't have something in the fridge, I'm just going to be ordering in all the time, or I'm going to be eating like chips and dips all day. (laughs) Did you cook the quinoa ahead of time? No, I just put it all in there with water and it all just bakes together. Super easy. I think it takes like 20, 30 minutes to cook in there. And that's the one with the cashew cream also? Yes, thank you, Kate. Yeah, and so I made a cashew cream, which was basically cashews, onion, water, lemon, a little tamari sauce in a blender. You blend it up, you pour that over it and it all bakes together. What about the artichokes? Are you talking like fresh artichokes or artichoke hearts? I mean, uh, artichoke hearts. Yeah, canned. You know what I love about that? I have quinoa in my cabinet and I never cook it. And I I don't know why I'm so intimidated by it. And then, and you're saying you can just put it all together. I don't have to cook the quinoa. That's like my favorite type of thing. Yeah, I did a casserole not too long ago that also had just raw quinoa in it. I use red quinoa because that's what I had. But That's what I had uh, too. Yeah, yeah. And uh, again, as long as there's a liquid in there, this one was a liquid that involved coconut milk and some seasoning. So it had a sort of coconut Thai flavor to the one that I made, but it was also quinoa and a bunch of veggies. There was red pepper and onion, and I can't remember what the other veggies were, but sort of heartier veggies. And uh, just (laughs) toss them all, yeah, throw it all together with this um, coconut milk sauce with uh, some seasonings in it and bake it. And it was great. And then there was a peanut sauce that got drizzled on at the end and the one that I made. The thing about quinoa too is I feel like it's a good, it's something I use to switch me away from rice because I was eating a lot of rice and I just feel like quinoa is a better option than rice. So I know a lot of people are always like, oh, quinoa this, quinoa that, or they don't want to think it because, you know, sometimes it doesn't always intrinsically have a lot of flavor for some people, but it's a really great way that I think, you know, is a switch you can make in in your, in the food that you eat. Is it just a little bit of a way to stay a little bit healthier, but still, you know, create taste and flavor? I used to eat a lot more quinoa. And again, I prefer the red because it's a little nuttier than the white. Um, But I eat a lot less now that I discovered farro. (laughs) So (laughs) farro is now the grain that I like the best. And it's nutty and chewy and feels like food as opposed to feeling like filler, which quinoa feels a little bit like filler to me. It's a little bit of a rabbit food. Yeah. Like rice, I don't, I'm not a big rice person though, really per se, but, but, but farro, I am madly in love with. Mm. And uh, if you cook it with a little stock or flavoring or something, it's it's really, really good. I do love a good farro because I'm also a pescatarian. So I'm always looking for things that sort of help fill me up and make it feel like it's a really substantial meal, with far- which farro does too. Mm-hmm. Do you get the farro? Is it Timeless Seeds at Trader Joe's? Do you know the brand? Well, uh, the Trader Joe's, it depends on what you're going to do with it. Trader Joe's sells a farro that is quick cooking. So it's been par cooked already. So if you're just going to sort of cook it on the stovetop, that would be a fine choice would be the Trader Joe's and it's easy. It's like 10 minutes. I prefer the Bob's or the other ones that are um, that are not par cooked because I like to make a farroto, like a risotto, but out of the farro. So they need to to be more solid than that. Or I cook them in the instant pot. So I need them to to not be partially cooked. I use True Roots Farro. I find they're one of the cleanest brands out there. So I like their products a lot. 
I don't know if you guys are interested to know this, but I spent part of my, what's it called? Stimulus check buying 10 pounds of farro to oh my gosh. this year. Oh, wow. it is a It is a really nutritious cover crop for the soil. And so oh. I was asking my friend, Patty, where do I get the farro seeds? Because not only that, it's a, um, it's a dry uh irrigate it so they grow it on the east side of montana where they don't have they have giant farms you know like 200 acre farms 2000 acre farms that are uh they call it is it dry irrigate they don't have irrigation dry farming so it doesn't you know it just survives in our drought kind of um montana summers where we don't get a lot of rain and so i bought 10 pounds of green lentils and 10 pounds of farro Seventy-five dollars for twenty pounds of these things. Um, wow! To plant because it's also really, really, really good for the soil. And so, not only are we building our soil, so it's like a fertilizer amendment you put into the soil, but we're going to get food from it. And so, that's part of. I don't know if I mentioned the no-till dig thing, but like you, after we somehow you chop the the greens up, and they stay on the ground you don't like harvest the plants out they stay there for the bugs and to keep the soil healthy and then you get the seeds i haven't quite figured out but yeah i'm so excited because this woman liz carlisle wrote this book called the lentil underground and it's about (laughs) the guys at timeless seeds and their thing to get the farro and the lentils into trader joe's and whole foods and their very marketing cool. and, but they did it because it's something that grows without a lot of water just i love that i didn't know that and rick and i both eat a lot of lentils also so yes. yeah that's we're we're fans of that and i'm i cook a lot of indian food and so lentils are obviously fairly common in there jackie yeah. i was gonna say if you have too much faro feel free to send faro with mike <laughs> to washington dc and then we'll shuttle him up to chicago (laughs) he can make an appearance there with kate for maybe a week or so and then depending how things go you may get him back (laughs) well the one thing about mike that you guys don't know is he has a total home body and he's not going anywhere like he still hasn't been to new york All right. So I don't think you're going to find him in Washington or <laughs> Chicago. I don't. I can't even get him to go to town. He hasn't been in a store since March 12th. <laughs> oh, he's lucky. <laughs> I mean, he does not leave our property really. We have. He grew up on a 1,200 acre ranch, and we have the last 20 acres. Mm-hmm. He built our house with his own two hands, like wow. cut down the trees, milled the boards. Like, good lord, <laughs> that's like the funniest thing. <laughs> Come on, Mike, share the wealth. Share the wealth. Mike, <laughs> don't keep all those skills to yourself. That's Chicago right. and DC need you. And, and, and it's so funny because he's so shy. And he's like, "What would I say? What's anybody gonna learn from me? I don't know anything." Well, when you grow up knowing something, you don't know what you know. Sometimes, isn't that true? It's hard to explain something that's a part of you. Oh, it's just it's just hysterical. Yeah, yeah. And he's a baker. Besides, like you know, what else do we eat? He bakes our own whole wheat bread and just of course he does cookies. And yeah, and besides, like he's probably lost weight during COVID. Oh, he's All one right. of those. All right, Mike. Yeah. Well, he all right, you're right, Jackie. We've had it. We don't want to see him at all. We've had it with Mike. <laughs> anyway, 
I've I've forgotten like even <laughs> we have my show or your show. Your I'm show. So we're on your <laughs> show right now. <laughs> See, get me away from my script and I'm totally lost. Like, where's one of my normal questions? Like, how about I usually ask about a tool? Do you guys have like a tool you love to use in the kitchen? <laughs> Kate has lots of tools. Oh my god, I love kitchen tools. I love my toys in the kitchen. Oh, what's I... about that? Well, I mean, I just mentioned my instant pot. That's a big one. I love my instant pot. I use that for grains and beans and soups and stews and stock and eggs and really a lot of things. I love the instant pot. So I use that a lot. I love my Vitamix, really high powered blender. I use that a lot when I'm in smoothie mode. There's nothing that can make a smoothie like a Vitamix. And then I just in general like it for other stuff. And I have been, um, I just got um, some new Le Creuset cookware, some like some of the enameled cast iron stuff. So like different shapes of things other than just a Dutch oven. So I got a brazier recently as a gift. And so I've been brazing things because now I have a brazier. So I'm brazing. What does that uh, mean? What's a brazier do? Is a brazier like- is a particularly shaped pan. It's just sort of like a Dutch oven, but it's squat and flat. So the bottom is like a, a short. Is it for like roasting vegetables? You could roast vegetables in it. Yeah. Braising technically is uh, cooking something uh, in liquid over in low heat, I believe, as opposed to boiling it. Um, So braising greens, I braise greens on, you know, beans and greens is one of my classic things that I do on the stovetop, which I could use the braiser for if I was using a small quantity of greens. Um, So cooking stuff in liquid sort of slowly. So I've been braising chicken. Oven? You can use it on the stovetop or the oven, but I've been doing some chicken in it, for example. So you make a, a delicious savory liquid and you brown your chicken and stuff, and then you put it all in and you do, you sort of arrange it on the stovetop and then it goes in the oven for a little while at a, for like an hour and a half at a low temperature. And then it comes out just unbelievably tender. Oh, really? And the slow cook seems to tend to, if I'm not mistaken, Kate, create a lot more flavor too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's got a very well-fitting lid, which keeps all the liquid in. So nothing evaporates in the cooking. So all the flavor stays in it and it makes things incredibly tender. So braised chicken thighs in particular, if you like, if Mike likes dark meat, it's, it's exceptionally good for that kind of thing. Because flavor is one of those things we're always after in our cooking when we talk about what we ate last mm-hmm. night. Because flavor, you know, we feel like flavor is so important to learn how to master, you know, in order to stay healthy. I yes. have a, some I've, tips for mastering flavor. Mm, I really do like the idea of cooking things slowly. I really have come to making sure that I have herbs on hand. I like the idea of just having an herb party with anything I'm doing. If I have vegetables left over, herbs are a really great way to add flavor. Also, I just love throwing herbs on top of a salad. It's another easy, great way. And uh, the other thing is whenever I cook anything in broth, I'm really big on cooking in like a vegetable, uh, sort of a vegetarian meat broth because it adds flavor to whatever you're cooking. If it's rice, if it's quinoa, if it's farro, it's another way to help develop the flavor. Another thing that I use is I use mushroom stock. So sometimes I like to get those dried mushrooms and I hydrate them. And then once they become hydrated, you can take that liquid and then you can use that to cook just about anything, rice, vegetables. It just adds a whole another layer of flavor that really accentuates your meal. 
I'm also a big fan of seasoning as you go. So seasoning each layer of what you cook. So whenever you put something in, add some sort of seasoning. Rick taught me this amazing recipe that I made over the summer. I don't know why it had to be summer. Well, because herbs for, for me are more, much more mm. prevalent in the summer. But it was farro and then a bunch of roasted or charred veggies that we had charred either in the oven or in a, on a, on a uh, cast iron skillet. And I think I used red peppers, onions, garlic, skillet, uh, uh, skillet, um, eggplant, and broccoli because those are just things that I really like. And I charred them each kind of separately because they don't all cook at the same time. So I, at the same pace, you know, because I wanted them all to be tender, but um, still have a some toothsomeness to them. And then every fresh herb I had on hand, I just threw in a little bit of every herb, even things I wouldn't have thought would have gone together, like mint. I'm getting better at using mint in my savory meals and stuff. And so just every herb and a bunch of veggies and farro that I had cooked in a stock or broth mm-hmm. to give it more flavor. And boy, that was amazing. Gosh, I'm so hungry right now. Is anyone else hungry? <laughs> oh my gosh. My like tongue is like tingling from all these. Is, like, is Mike bringing us snacks while we're recording, Jackie? <laughs> yeah, I would like some potatoes, please. <laughs> if Mike could just bring forth some potatoes for us to snack on, that'd be awesome. Some of hey, these homemade did, French fries. Like he takes so much care with those. Like it's like, First, they have to like soak in this pan for 15 minutes after he slices and dices them. And then they go into the fryer for three minutes and then they come out and sit on the paper towel or the cloth towel or whatever. And then they go back in to cook for the last round. And did I nice. mention that we're cooking them in avocado oil? So they're like $5 a batch. You did, Jackie. <laughs> you tortured us with the flavor of French fries cooked in avocado oil. Thank you for doing it yet again to let me know what I'm missing out on. That's why they're so good. My mom always yes. says God is in the details, right? And I think that cooking is about the details and that that's where the difference between something being fine and something being amazing lies is in attention to those small details. And things like cook your vegetables at different times. If I'm making roasted veggies and if I'm roasting five veggies on a sheet pan, I put them in separate zones on those pans so that I can take them out as they're done so that everything is cooked to the right tenderness and the same thing if i'm making a curry a vegetable curry that has six or seven different veggies in i'll put them in one at a time uh according to what takes the longest to cook so that by the time the last one is done everything else is perfect so i think those levels of details are really helpful too and that's such a great idea that we always work with because we think it's really important one of the ways to stay healthy in a tasty world is you really gotta love what you cook and you really gotta love cooking i would say before you know uh, five, six years ago, I was not the cook I am now. And when I think about how much time I make to make take to make my meal, I would not have been doing that five, six years ago. And I'm like, wow, I can't believe I've changed this much. And it's totally, it's totally changed. My health has changed my diet and it's changed how much I love food. It changed how much I eat out because I, I eat out far less than I have in the past. Do you feel you have more energy? I do. Yeah. When I eat that well, yeah, I do have more energy. The minute I eliminate all those processed foods and I fall, you know, I obviously fall back and have periods where I do that, but overall, yeah, I have tons more energy and I sleep better. And ultimately my digestion is better. The more you can get all those processed foods out of your body. Well, I do generally feel like, um, like when I go to the doctor and like I had to have like, you know, my blood gone through a few years ago for my life insurance and stuff, like 
the reason, even though I seem extremely overweight, but I am so healthy, and they told me they're like, your high cholesterol or your bad cholesterol is just a little high, and I don't have diabetes, and I don't have like, I think is because of all the healthy food. Like in general, mm. I mean, the fact that I did walk seventy five miles during June, July, August, you know, I exercise quite a bit. That's, I mean, it's still just over two miles a day, but still a fair amount i'm not uh you know i've i have a pretty good amount of energy i feel like i'm one of the most productive people i feel like on the planet like wow we did call my mom the energizer bunny and she does put me to shame (laughs) but i don't feel like you know like for as big of a person as i am like you know i've climbed my fair share of mountains i get Mm -hmm. out there and, and do quite a bit um Anyway, I wanted to add something about what you just said about um, thinking that the the good foods are what kind of negate some of the other stuff and how much I agree with that. A number of years ago, I was making a really radical shift in my diet and doing a very serious cleanse and and really reshifting away from stuff. And a a friend or a a student, actually, a a client of mine who uh, taught Japanese, told me that one of the things she liked most about the Japanese culture as it related to food and health was that the big thing there is eat this. It's good for you. Whereas in America, we're more like, don't eat this, it's bad for you. And so if your focus is more on what you include rather than what you exclude, and you focus on including the things that are healthy and make you feel good, then that sort of naturally, organically, if you will, tends to filter out some of the other stuff. So I I feel like that's sort of what you're talking about a little bit, and I agree completely. Yeah. Well, you know, Mandy Gerth on my show, when I used to ask the question of everybody, how did you learn how to garden organically? She said, you know, when I first started, I thought organic gardening was just about not putting chemicals on my garden, but really it's about what I do do to build a whole environment and to create healthy soil and to, you know, a lot of people in the organic gardening movement now talk about the benefits of like flowers like having your herbs that you're growing whether you eat them or not you know chives in my garden we we don't eat a lot of onions and garlic here but i have chives because the (laughs) purple chive flowers are like one of the first ones the bees love they're so pretty you can't put them in salads i mean my mom's a huge herb gardener she doesn't really grow vegetables but she's an amazing gourmet cook she would totally do what you do with the cooking each vegetable separately mm-hmm. um and just getting that full flavor out of them and just, we can uh, talk more about that when she where. takes me to italy yes <laughs> <laughs> I, only if i get to tag along uh, that's cool that's cool which one, which one of you gets mike though <laughs> mike's staying home and guarding the forest. yeah mike is staying home i think yeah okay. we've established right. that mike. she always complains that he has a couple like what do you care i barely get to see you anyway what do you want him here for anyway you know then we'd be staying in a hotel and he'd be like you know just leave him home do you care he wants to be home let him stay home why don't you come to montana it's much prettier anyway anyway totally off topic there i wanted to ask you um about like where you find your recipes do you find yourself surfing on the web or do you have like cookbooks you love or like where do you come up with your guys' stuff 
Probably a little bit of both. So I have one chef where I have all of his foes, uh, cookbooks. It's called Odalenghi. He has a great series of cookbooks that I get. And it's a lot of focus from the Middle East. And I get a lot from there. But also the, the good thing about the internet is that you can really do a lot of culling of recipes there. So a lot of times what I, I mean, I mean, speaking for Kate, but we do both spend a lot of time researching and we'll sort of look at different recipes and maybe think, oh, I want to take this from that recipe and take this from that recipe. So there's this whole idea is you can't be too married to the recipe that you find. So really finding freedom to look at different recipes for one type of food and really sort of pick and choose and try to cobble it together a little bit more for your taste, I think is what's made me successful. And then really, I mean, from like five, six years ago, I can now create dishes on my own that I couldn't create five, six years ago. So that's been a bit of huge amount of progress on my end. Yeah, exactly. Same idea. I will, if I want to make something, I'll look at five or six different versions of that from, from websites or cooks that I know that I trust and I'll understand the principles of, of a dish and then I'll make it to my taste. And I will always almost invariably double the spices in any recipe I read, except not necessarily the hot spices like cayenne. I won't always double the cayenne, but I will double the cumin. I'll double the basil. I'll double any sort of garlic. Garlic. I know you said you're not a big garlic person, but I'm a huge garlic person. So I usually triple the garlic at least. So, you know, you learn things that, you like, but yeah. And I have a lot of great cookbooks. I also love Odalenghi stuff, but I have some other ones. There's a great one from when I was in grad school by Jean Lemlin. It was a neon green book called Vegetarian Delights. Quick, quick Vegetarian Delights. Quick Vegetarian Delights or Pleasures? I think pleasures, maybe. I think I have that. Everybody had it for a while and I freaking love that cookbook. And I still make my, my blue cheese vinaigrette from there. There's a number of recipes I learned from there that I still use. Um, so I use, like Rick said, yeah, a combination of cookbooks, my knowledge, my mom. I spent a lot of time calling my mom and being like, how would you do this pork roast? So that's another one is mom for me. We really, we really try to encourage people to not get stuck with the recipe, to identify what you like, what flavor profiles are good for you and the ones that you're going to eat so that you will actually eat it. Cause how many times have you made a recipe and you're like, Oh, I don't really want that, but it's a key to being successful. Yeah. And to not be afraid to modify it. It's a roadmap. It's not a, it's, it's not, it's not set in stone. I heard an interview with Jacques Pepin, a very famous chef talking about how one of his most famous recipes, which is for poached pears, I guess that sort of put him on the map 20 years ago or something. He said he makes it differently every time he makes it, depending on the kind of pear, depending on the altitude, depending on a whole bunch of stuff. It He doesn't follow his own recipe even. And so the point is you, you don't have to be married to it. And I had a friend recently make something and it was really not very good and he was like well I followed the recipe exactly and my thought was well that's the problem (laughs) (laughs) hey Jack we have less than a minute here we may get cut off here well do you guys want to should we wrap should we wrap up Yeah. yeah okay so check out our podcast. It's called You Won't Believe What I Ate Last Night. And you can find us online at you won't believe what I ate.com. And as always, if you want to be on art, you know, if you want to tell us what you ate, do so. Send us an audio file, send us an email. We'll play the audio file on air. People love to talk about what they eat. So do it. Thanks so much for having us, Jackie. Oh my gosh, you guys were so fun. Thank you for being here and sharing with us today. This Say fun. hi to Mike. Yeah. <laughs> It was so great to meet you. Oh, you too. Thank you guys so much. Thank you, Jackie. Thanks.
Bye. Bye. <laughs> Ooh, that was funny. Hey, everybody. I just wanted to tell you that we got our t-shirts and our broad fork from Growers uh, & Co., from jm Fortier's new venture we spent i spent um a good part of my or not really like a third of my stimulus so i have been researching broad forks ever since we got our first broad fork because um we just love it mike and i both love it and i wanted to have one down he keeps it down on the mini farm this time and i wanted one up closer to the house for the garden beds and so I've been looking for two, three years now, ever since we got our other one. And I can tell you that this one is super fairly priced. It does seem super expensive if you live in the United States because of the exchange rate. But really, it came out just as affordable. Um, it did get shipped FedEx, um, which got it here super fast. But it's super sturdy. Mike's already like, you can use mine and I'll use this one. Um, so <laughs> if that tells you anything, uh, we're super excited it is just, you know, G Martin Fortier got to travel around the world with his book, promoting his book. He said his book tour went five years and, um, you know, he got to study the best tool. So even if you don't want a broad fork, he's got lots of great tools on his website. The t-shirts are just breathable fabric they don't have any little plastic tag they have the cutest little clip that unhooks the card um where is the card i can read it to you i love what it says on it growers and co is on a clear mission the global industrial food system is endangering our planet at growers and co we believe that small scale ecological farming is changing the world we're empowering empowering and celebrating the work of those who are producing food in a way that connects us to nature and each other. Our vision is to live in a future where local food systems are thriving, where food is grown with care by and for people who care. And the t-shirts we got are the ones that say small scale farming is changing the world. I got Mike and I matching t-shirts to go with our broad fork that we are so excited to use. This is the time to get it. Um, you know, it's a great time if you get your stimulus money and you put a little into your own. I, I just can't recommend it enough. Um, I'm super excited to get a few more um, beds built this year. Dig up a little bit of that grass that I know was keeping Patty Armbruster up at night because I just can't afford compost. So I have to, like, you know, pull up some of the sod um, and the broad fork is just great for doing that. So I got two new beds built last summer and, um, hopefully I'm going to get a few more where I can plant, um, some sunflowers, some herbs, um, some perennials maybe. So anyway, um, Growers and Co. He's also got the amazing magazine that highlights the farmers who are following his practices. I mean, he has just changed the world. 2,000 people have gone through his online class. Um, if you're thinking about going to a market farmer, it's really a great investment um, for helping you build because it's just what he's done, replicating his systems. He's got those systems deals down and again, he's building these tools here in North America, bringing them to you. 
you know, check on that um, Canadian exchange rate. Their customer service is fantastic. I've written them. They always write me back within like 24 hours if I have any questions. Um, if you sign up for their newsletter, you get a 10% discount on the farmware, you know, and he's, you know, he's really got his farmware dialed in, things that are comfortable. But I was amazed at how comfortable, how much these t-shirts breathe, how, um, how good they felt. So... Buy one for you, buy one for your partner, buy one for your farmer, whoever you're buying your CSA from, um, and let them know you appreciate them, Growers & Co. Join Patty Armbruster and I for Grow Live on YouTube Live Saturday mornings coming to you in 2021. We'll be answering your questions. We'll be um, laughing and sharing information that you want to know because they're going to be answers to your questions on YouTube Live Saturday mornings, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Montana Standard Time, and 8 a.m. Pacific. Send us your questions. You can submit them at the organicgardenerpodcast.com forward slash patty. You can email me at orgpodcast at gmail.com. You can send them a Mike Screen Garden at gmail.com. Ask Patty Live. Grow Live with Jackie and Patty. We'll be answering your questions. What do you need to know to grow healthy food in your garden? Do you know someone who would benefit from the Organic Gardener podcast? If you like what you hear, we'd love it if you'd share the Organic Gardener podcast with a friend. Thanks again for listening and remember, grow local.